You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I don't care about spring games. I hear it a lot. I don't care about spring games. That has become, in college football, what... I don't really care what my ex is doing has become on the streets in day-to-day life. You say one thing, but I think your search histories may say something else. And if you're anti-spring game, this here's probably not the show for you tonight. We're jam-packed. We're high atop a deceptively beautiful downtown Nashville, Tennessee. I'll tell you why it's deceptive in a second. It is Sunday, April 16th, year of our Lord, 2023. I got spring game reaction. Coast to coast, wall to wall. I got all kind of takeaways. Not that we're ones to overreact around here. But there are several things to talk about. Did you hear the sound? The sound of that, that great big transfer portal door opening? Already some names of, of varying degrees of bigness have entered the portal. I think it's going to be a really active week. We got quarterback battle updates to talk about. We have no offseason insight, and we are all the better for it. They're watching us in Sandersville, Georgia, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Mays Landing, New Jersey. About 15 minutes outside of Atlantic City, I'm told. And Greenwood, Arkansas is tuned in. Do you hear this voice or what's left of it? Allergies have attacked me. They're in the process of attacking me, really. It isn't, it isn't subsiding. It's not in the past. It's right here like an unstoppable rebel force. Tonight's show brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, but also Flonase, Claritin. You guys could have gotten into this. I'm hopped up on probably more allergy medication than is legal in most states, but... We got protocols in place. If I have to dump out for a second tonight, Colin knows what to do. And so if you're watching live, I may have to take multiple breaks to sneeze or blow the nose, whatever the case may be. But what we're not going to do, unless my voice goes, trash happened before, is we're not going to cancel the show because we got far too much to talk about. And by the way, as we dive into the show, we're going to have another one Tuesday because I've got to go out of town. I've got to go to a speaking engagement Thursday. So Tuesday, we'll have another late kick live. We've just been rattling them off back to back to back lately. Okay, let's dive in. We got a lot of spring to talk about. Spring games yesterday. We had one in Athens, Georgia. Success does a funny thing. It puts trophies on the mantle, but also it brings the more casual spring fan to the table. So at Georgia, this is two years in a row now where they've won a national championship. And the reason I mention this is because Sometimes you get people to the spring table who normally wouldn't be at the spring table. And that's a good thing. They had a big crowd there yesterday. It's a good thing, but also it means that you have to, you have to sort of put on the back of the ticket or put at the bottom of the screen a little, a little asterisk. Hey, not everything taken here should be taken as gospel. Let's just let's apply the proper spring filters, and you're having to teach a lot of people what that's about. Uh, there was big news as the game's going on. Well, there was news that I was told was big, and that was Bear Alexander hopping into the transfer portal. Uh, it's irrelevant to Georgia. I'm just telling you, you won't care about it by the second week of September. But what was big news is Carson Beck looks like a really good quarterback, which falls in line with what we had expected. But here's why it's, it's big news. It's big news, obviously, because it's the most important position on the team. But also, it means we got a clear favorite to start there which again falls in line with what we expected. But it's one thing to think something. It's another thing to have it validated. And if you have followed the Georgia spring progression closely, you know, if you've been over on Dogs 24-7, for example, and you've been listening to those guys talk, it hasn't been the smoothest of sailing for Carson Beck this spring. Uh, it's, it's probably a good thing for him, by the way. He struggled a little bit. He's had some bad practices. I don't think he did overwhelmingly good in the last scrimmage they had. But then he overcame it, looked really good. I mean, looked exceptional for a spring game yesterday. I don't think there's any question right now uh, who's in line to start for them in week one. 
But as Kirby Smart would tell you, we've got about 25 or 30% of the puzzle figured out. We got summer, we got fall. So I'm giving you my personal opinion there. Um, This is his third year on campus. There are a lot of guys who are about to start across the country for the first time that you need to realize are not true freshmen. And this is the case with Beck. He's been there a couple of years, had poise, very under control. If you watched him yesterday and you didn't know any better, you wouldn't think he was a first-year starter. You would think he's got a lot more experience under his belt. Continuity is important here. Continuity is what I've talked to you about. It's the key word with Georgia this spring in the offense this spring. And that is the fact that even though they lost Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, they, they elevated in-house. And this time last year, Dabo Swinney did that, and I didn't think it was a good move. Fast forward a year, Kirby did it, and I think it's going to pay off wonderfully for them. A funny thing happens when you got your roster already largely built the way it needs to be. You don't really have to go out and find a superhero coordinator. You need to look around, preferably in-house, preferably, and say, all right, which, which one of you can just give me more of what I've been getting? And then maybe, maybe a little layer of icing in addition on top. That's you, Mike Bobo. Okay, step on up. Carson Beck, familiarity. Don't have to learn anything. Smart is like saving at this point. He's not going to bring anyone in that changes their verbiage and changes their way of doing things, period. From this point forward, what I'm trying to tell you is coordinators who come in there will learn the Georgia system. Georgia's not hiring someone to come in and teach Georgia their system. Uh, that's, that's, that's the breaks when you're a top-level program. They lost A.D. Mitchell to the transfer portal, the wide receiver and I'm going to talk about him later in the show, they still look really good at receiver. They still look really good there. And pass catcher, I guess I should say pass catcher, because you always have to factor tight end there as well. Uh, Brock Bowers is back. I know you feel like he's been around forever. He really hasn't. That's the best tight end in the country by my estimation. Some would make an argument pound for pound. The best football player in the country, positional value notwithstanding. But you need to know the other names in that room too. Oscar Delp, for example. Oscar Delp almost took... He almost took a backwards fall on the sideline yesterday uh, that would have brought his head in direct contact with a bench because that's how far out of bounds he fell. Luckily, we avoided that. But also, Lawson Lucky, a really good name, really marketable name. That's a name I just want you to remember. Folks at Georgia already know him, but nationally, I try and keep you ahead of the curve. Lawson Lucky, who is he? Just another four-star tight end Georgia's brought in. Going to be really good. Legacy player, I think, going to be really good. The running back room, if you want me to find a negative with Georgia, it's kind of hard, frankly. But if you want to, ooh, I said, frankly. Uh, we charted my frankly usage last show. Do you realize I said frankly 14 times when we were at Penn State? I don't think it's the head coach's last name. I, it's just something we got to get better on. I graded out to a C-plus two shows ago because of frankly. So, honestly, I think they could stand to get more dynamic in the running back room. There you go. Is that a negative? I, I think they're going to be okay there. I also want you to remember a couple other things. So Cedric Van Pran is the center who's not going to be on the front of any preview magazines. They kept him. They kept him. He could have gone pro and they kept him massive, huge, huge, huge pickup, even though it's just a keep, but that's a pickup to me. And Tate Ratledge, two years ago, they opened the season at Clemson and he goes down for the year with an injury, still went to win the national championship. And he played last year. But this is kind of his contract year. Uh, he's the right guard, and he now shows no signs of that injury. Whereas last year, if you knew what you were looking at, and by that I mean people qualified to scout offensive line, you probably could have sensed hints of that. You don't get that anymore with him. So they're really good on the interior. It's going to be a weird team this year. Georgia's going to be really weird to follow because on one hand, they may be the best team in the country. On the other hand, their schedule's garbage. It is what it is. And so it's going to be hard to find legitimate ways to talk about them. Clemson's been like this in the past. The ACC schedule does them no favors. They're really good, but they're body bagging everyone. So what do you really say about them? That could be Georgia this year, but they're going to be really good. Best odds right now to win the national championship out of any team in any conference. Next up. Texas had a spring game yesterday. There are a lot of names that popped off your screen. You know, Quarterback is obviously the, the focal point. That's where the microscope was focused yesterday. And uh, Sark ended up announcing Quinn Ewers is going to be our starting quarterback, or I think his exact words were it's pretty obvious. Quinn is our number one quarterback right now. So predictably, 
my DMs were a disaster afterwards. Uh, not by the people who listen to what I say, more so by the people who don't hear what I say. About two weeks ago, actually, it probably would have been about a month ago, Sark came out and said, we have a quarterback competition. And a lot of people said, no, you don't. Quinn Ewers is going to be your starter. And I came on this show, and my exact thought was, it doesn't matter whether Quinn Ewers ends up being his starter. The competition's not over when the starter is named. This goes for any position. So then I had some people come at me and say, no, that makes no sense. Once you announce a starter, that by the very definition of the announcement is the end of the competition, which I understand is kind of semantics. What you're talking about is a competition in terms of competing for the job. I'm talking about a culture of competition. So I don't, in other words, think Quinn Ewers comes to practice if they had one tomorrow and just sits on the bench because he's not competing for the job anymore. So competition is always supposed to be happening. But if you're watching on YouTube, there are three faces on your screen right now. Quinn Ewers is there. Arch Manning is there. Then there's this guy named Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy can throw the ball about, I'd say, 450 some odd yards in the air. Not on the moon either, right here on Earth. He opened some people's eyes yesterday. I don't just think in Austin, Texas. I think you probably check his most recent followers on the, on the socials. You'll find staffers from all different sorts of schools following him. Now, I am not suggesting that anyone would ever preemptively try and tamper with anyone's roster out there for a position like quarterback. I'm not suggesting that, except that I am. So Malik Murphy shined yesterday. While I don't think he's going to insert his name into the starting rotation this year, that's a deep quarterback room. And I don't know why people doubted me about the wide receiver room either. But if you watched their spring game yesterday, I don't know how you can take away anything other than Texas has one of the best receiver rooms in the country. You get an Xavier Worthy back, and then you get Isaiah Nair. You didn't get to see him on display last year. We get A.D. Mitchell had a great one-handed touchdown catch yesterday. We didn't get to see him. We've never gotten to see him at Texas. Whittington's back for his 14th year of eligibility. And then we've also got guys like Jontae Cook, just true freshmen. We're just adding five-star guys in there. I combine that with a presumably a healthy Quinn Ewers with a year two firm grasp of a Steve Sarkeesian offense. And you don't think that's going to be a dangerous receiving room and a dangerous passing game? They could go eight and four with it. They could go 12 and 0 with it. It's not a guarantee of record, guys. I'm just telling you that's one of the best receiver rooms in the country. But there's this thing about Texas where if you make any kind of definitive statement, there's no nuance allowed. You know, there's, there's no tact. There's no relativity. I'll talk about that in a second. But they lost Bijan Robinson, maybe the best running back in the country. Lost Roshan Johnson. Really good one-two combo there. So you would think, well, that means they're weak at running back, right? And it's an, actually an extremely impressive running back room. Jonathan Brooks was out, and he's going to be heavily involved in their rotation. But Jaden Blue popped off the screen to me. He's a guy who skipped his senior year of high school. And I think maybe, I think a lot of people sort of, I won't say forgot about him. I think some people kind of started to push him a little bit to the back burner. No longer. Uh, Savion Red looked good. Cedric Baxter is, is the top running back in the country coming in this cycle. Keelan Robinson didn't play yesterday. He's still in that mix. They're really deep there. They're really versatile too. It's not four of the same guys. So Texas offensively, it probably is not a shock to you going to be really formidable again this year. But like I said, I know how it works with Texas. I've been around this team. I, I've been burned by our model because the model believes in Texas. As I have told you many times, the model would look at Texas and say, yeah, Kansas City won the Super Bowl, but they haven't played Texas. The model gets drunk on Texas. I'm not going that far. What I'm saying is, as always, just because you haven't done something doesn't mean you can't do it. So Sark hasn't won the Big 12. Okay, it doesn't mean he can't do it. You can never say you think Texas is going to be pretty good. You've either got to say they're going to win the Big 12 or they're missing a bowl game because anything in between is just going to get sucked one direction or the other immunity. And, and you will have your, your comments grossly miscontextualized. And I'm trying to be that person. I'm trying to tell you, I think Texas is going to be improved over last year where they were improved over the year before. I think the offense's top-end potential is elite. Elite. Don't use that word very often with them. Elite. Defensively, 
that will ultimately be, as it has been so far, what decides how far they can go. Texas, it just wouldn't be the biggest shock to me in the world if they did win the Big 12. It wouldn't be the biggest shock to me in the world, therefore, if they found themselves in the playoff conversation. I'm just speaking in pencil for a reason, because I'm not totally sold on it. That's what spring is for. You don't have to make definitive judgments this early, but I think they're, they're headed in the right direction. There you go. So that is a tactful take on Texas, and therefore it won't be accepted by the masses. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Unlike our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors, I mean, I got some new chapstick today. Hey, guess where that's available at? Academy Sports and Outdoors. I got 36 new softballs in the back of my Jeep. And while I didn't get the Jeep at Academy, the softballs are available there. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Your one-stop shop for everything you need in terms of outdoor sporting goods supplies, plus and beyond. I just say plus to save time. Although one could argue by explaining what plus means, it actually takes more time. Valid argument. Okay, so Academy Sports and Outdoors. You want a grill? You want a tent? You want a baseball bat? Really doesn't matter. I mean, look how beautiful it is outside right now. God gives you the weather. Academy gives you everything you need to enjoy it. And if you can't get there in person, Academy.com has you hooked up. And the reason I'm so adamant about using Academy.com if you can't get there in person is because some of you don't have one in your backyard, but you still want to support the show because they make the show free. And that's how you do it. Academy.com. Or go visit our friends in person if you can at Academy Sports and Outdoors. We thank them as always for being our exclusive partner. So far, so good, Colin. We'll see how long it lasts. Um, I'll tell you what I want to do here for just a second. Uh, thank you, Colin. Just words of encouragement in my ear that you guys can't hear, but it's like, it's like a little wave that just pushes the canoe forward. The transfer portal is open, and we got to talk about some names, and I think we'll talk about this for about the next two weeks because that's how long it's open. Some big names already in there. Bear Alexander, Georgia. Uh, he's a former top 50 player in the 2022 cycle. During the spring game, I think, he, he just pops his name in the portal. I'm, I'm going to tell you two things about him. Number one, don't think Georgia will miss him very much. I'll leave that there. Number two, I think he could greatly bolster someone else's roster. So we could have the classic win-win scenario here. Texas is a name that popped up early, but USC is ultimately where I would, I would push my chips towards right now. And if that happens... That is indeed a program where I would expect him to step in and start immediately. Why is that? Because he played 12 games for Georgia last year. So this is not a guy who was buried on the depth chart. He may not have been thrilled with how much he was playing, but you crack the rotation at Georgia, you're about to shine at Southern Cal. So Bear Alexander, if that's where he ends up, big pickup potentially for Lincoln Riley and company. I would, I would hit the brakes now. So as much as I sound like I'm perpetuating that, Let's hit the brakes a little bit because we got to find out what the market's going to be for him this week. We got two receivers, at least, headed out of Texas. Uh, Jaden Alexis and Brennan Thompson. 
both four-star guys. Alexis was from the 2021 class. Thompson from the 2022 class. Speed guys. Straight line speed. They've got it in abundance. Uh, Like I said, the Texas wide receiver room's loaded. So this is to be expected. You see defensive guys leaving Georgia. That doesn't mean they're not good. That just means there are too many players better than them there. Well, at Texas, you see some receivers leaving. That's not automatically a black mark across their name. They could very well be contributors for you. They could very well be starters for you. You can be a really good player and not be good enough to get on the field at Texas at receiver right now. They are ones to watch because they're just victims of superior depth. There's going to be a big market, big market for both of them. And I'll tell you who else has a big market. Uh, Varkees Gums, you don't know his name. Or if you do, chalice of supremacy coming your way, unless you live in Denton, Texas. Oh, there goes the hiccup. Wow. P.F. Chang Sunday. So this is a tight end. He is 6'3", 230. The entire world is in the market for tight ends. Freshman All-American. Proven production at North Texas. 34 catches, uh, 458 yards through the air, five touchdowns last year. And already, we're looking at an offer list. And this is, this is unofficial, and this is as of like two hours ago. Arkansas is in this thing. West Virginia, Utah, Colorado, Cal. That list should double or triple by midnight. So this is, this is a very, very rare commodity. A proven production tight end in the portal. Keep an eye on him. Everyone needs one. Listen, even Georgia needs him. And Georgia's as stacked as anybody in the country. I kid about Georgia. But my point remains, pretty much everyone's going to be in the market for him. Caleb Etienne. What do we have here? We've got a starting Power 5 left tackle in the portal. Oklahoma State. 6-7-3-10. He is one of two offensive players to start every game for Oklahoma State last year. Former JUCO transfer, he was number two JUCO offensive tackle in 2021. Uh, second team, all academic, Big 12 last year. So, so he gets after you on the field and in the classroom. And not such a great headline here from Mike Gundy, but we got to deliver it anyway in the interest of fairness. This is the 16th portal exit, scholarship player portal exit for Oklahoma State. Could be an interesting fall, to say the least. And uh, while I'm at it, let me go ahead and plug something here. So tomorrow, over on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, which is different than this one, I encourage you to go subscribe to that one too. And thank you for subscribing to this one. They'll have a full transfer portal show. It's going to be a great resource. They'll have a ton of guests. They're going to have some coaches on there. So tomorrow, and it'll be live, the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, uh, they will have just wall-to-wall coverage. You know, Chris Hummer right now on the website, 247sports.com. Brad Crawford, both of those guys, a bunch of our team doing a great job of covering names because this is updating, you know, like as we speak. There's a distinct possibility since we've been live tonight, names have gone in the portal. So I would highly encourage you because I'll be watching it. I'll highly encourage you to tune into that tomorrow. I'm take a little sip from the chalice because we have so much more to talk about. We probably have like... 50 miles worth of spring game left to discuss, and I have like 38 miles worth of voice left. Do the math, and it doesn't shake out. So fuzzy math is going to get us through the show. What'd you think of the Miami spring game? Did you watch the Miami spring game? Interesting fact, where our headquarters is down in Fort Lauderdale, the CBS Sports HQ headquarters, Miami played their spring game in a stadium that's like right across a private airport from it. Right, Jesse? Isn't that where that stadium is? So they played their spring game in Fort Lauderdale, which is trivia that none of you needed, but I gave to every one of you anyway. Who is Tyler Van Dyke? Not literally. You know who he is. He's the Miami quarterback who was very heralded. And then last year, as the entire offense did, he fell flat. And so that's the question right now. Who is Tyler Van Dyke? Well, last year, Josh Gaddis was the offensive coordinator. They have since fired him. Why did they fire him? Well, 33 plays of 20-plus yards offensively. That was 101st in FBS. That's a pretty good indication. They weren't explosive enough. They weren't consistent enough. They had eight pass plays of 20-plus yards in the spring game yesterday. So Mario Cristobal took a chance on Shannon Dawson. And if you listen to folks around the Miami program, they'll tell you, 
Mario kind of went out of his traditional comfort zone, whatever you want to call it, in making that hire. And I think he's going to be very pleasantly surprised at what that's going to bring in terms of offensive production for him this year. Francis Malagoa, right tackle, you know, the one that I told you I was the most confident in starting out of any true freshman in the country, even though he's a tackle. He started a right tackle for him yesterday. Francisco Malagoa, linebacker, also shined yesterday. You got that last name and you're playing for Miami. Looks like you're going to have a pretty good year this year. Reuben Bain was everywhere. This has to be a theme for them, by the way. Bain had three sacks, just an immediate impact defensive end. You could tell when you turned on their spring game who the true freshmen were. You could tell who the transfer portal guys were. It's a different caliber athlete, and that is what they have to have. They have to have me saying that about uh, half a dozen more times if they're going to be a player in the ACC this year because they've got to have that true freshman class step up. Uh, they could... They could also take a lot of solace in watching Emory Williams. That's a quarterback, Elite 11 guy. We were around him last year. He looked pretty good, too. In fact, you've heard good things about him throughout spring. So Tyler Van Dyke's obviously the number one. Just kind of bookmark that name, Emory Williams. I'm interested to see how the wide receiver room turns out. I'm interested to see if they can pick up receivers in the portal because you can, you can take that that offensive spark that you showed yesterday, and you can use it as a selling point. Everyone's going to recruit against you by saying, look how bad they were offensively last year. Don't go get bogged down in that. Well, Mario Cristobal can say everything about last year, I showed the door. And I have brought in a guy named Shannon Dawson, and I want you to look at what we could be this year. Look at this production in the spring game. Look at these pop plays. And then think about what it could be with you. That's what his pitch has to be. When asked after their spring game, how different could you look this fall from how you look right now? Mario Cristobal's answer was significantly. He's talking about adding names. He's talking about adding players in the portal. Not one or two, as someone else once famously said down that way. Not one, not two, not three. I don't know how many they're going to add. It's going to be several. So you are not seeing the Miami Hurricanes team that you will see this fall yet. It's a, it's a new age. I know this is, this is something that the, the 2006 version of you would find very, very confusing and dumbfounding. That's the transfer portal era. All right, let's move on. And while you're at it, because we've got a good number of people here, good number of people. I told you folks cared about spring games. You know, we got like 1,600 folks watching live right now. I appreciate that. I ask that you, and I humbly ask that you do me a favor. While I still have a voice, um. Click the thumbs up button for me. Pretend like my voice depends on it. Because there's some way we could probably correlate those things. I would be much happier if we were sitting here with over 500 likes right now. I'll tell you that. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, thank you for watching. And just like at your leisure. Probably a new t-shirt idea. Ohio State had a spring game yesterday. Kyle McCord at quarterback had a shot. He had a shot to publicly take the job by the throat. Now, in reality, that's probably not what was on the line yesterday. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a really, really hot quarterback competition going on. Not controversy. Competition going on there right now. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Devin Brown was out with a little minor finger injury. Not a big deal, but he couldn't play yesterday. So my thought was, well, what if McCord steps up and just, just shreds Ohio State's defense? Unrealistic, but what if he does? Well, he went 18 of 34, 184, a touchdown. There's a lot of context that needs to be added there. So I'm sitting there watching them. And you, you got to take into account, uh, Egbuka's not out there. Marvin Harrison Jr. played a little bit, then he's out. Fleming's not out there. So he's down his top three receivers most of the day. He's down offensive linemen. They allowed five sacks on 70 pass plays. And so, as is usually the case with spring games, there's this big grain of salt it's really big, and you just got to apply it all over the place. But is that the biggest question mark, really? Is, is offensive line the biggest question mark? Because if it is, I think they're going to be okay. Conversely, I'll tell you what's not a question mark. Go watch their spring game and watch how, how dominant and how difference-making they are across their defensive front. It wasn't that long ago. What was it? 2020. They played Bama in the national title game. Now, I remember having a coach text me saying, 
You want to know why Ohio State can't win a title right now. They can get to one, but they can't win one because they don't have the kind of guys up front defensively that Alabama did. And then you fast forward a few years, and they may have the best defensive front in the country, at the very least one of. I don't want to start a comment war in the uh, comment section. So one of the very best. They're loaded there. They're, they're going to be very hard to move the ball on. But in the meantime, offensive line, yeah, we'll get tackle figured out. Carnell Tate is a wide receiver name that we've had circled. He had three receptions yesterday, 42 yards, a touchdown. So you may say, well, those are, I guess, okay numbers, but what's the big deal, Josh? I don't know how to put this. You know how some guys just seem like they have it? Some guys have a veteran presence about themselves, not even just when they're making a play on the ball, just the way they carry themselves, the way they move. They don't look young at all. That's Carnell Tate. And even on a team as loaded as this, even on the deepest, probably the deepest frontline receiver rotation in the country, I don't know how much it'll happen. I don't know when it'll happen. Carnell Tate's going to be involved in that rotation this year. You got Marv there? Yes. You've got Emeka Egbuka. Absolutely has earned his, his right to play. Uh, Julian Fleming? Yes. But I'm telling you right now, if you think that name's locked in there, uh, Jaden Ballard's another name. Those, those names are not locked in. If you're the best, you're going to get on the field. And that may mean surpassing someone who previously was thought of as being one of the two or three best. That's a good thing. That's called a culture of competition. They've had it in that receiver room for a long time. Ohio State as a team, my biggest takeaway, following them this spring, watching the spring game and getting a little bit of feedback from the program is as, as much as it hurts to watch a player the caliber of C.J. Stroud exit, they may actually be headed towards territory where they're capable of beating you in more ways than they have been able to. And I don't know if that means they're a better team in the aggregate or not, but what I'm telling you is it's been a long time since I found myself thinking Ohio State could be able to lean on their defense a little bit this year. I hadn't said it the last couple of years for sure. I start to think that after watching them in the spring game and after watching and listening to folks around that program throughout spring practice. You get offensive tackle figured out, they're loaded in the backfield. They could run the ball on you. I don't think I need to say anymore about what they can do at wide receiver, doubly especially if Devin Brown or Kyle McCord fulfill their potential. That's a team that can beat you a multitude of ways, and that's the hallmark of most teams that make a run for a title. So a lot of pressure on them this year, a whole lot of competitive pressure on Ryan Day, and there's pressure every year on Ohio State. All right, Colin, I don't need you to go to the slate, but I do need to cough for a second. So you can mute me if you want to. I'll give you a three count out of respect. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, and we're back. Sip from the chalice out of safety, but we're back. Ah, allergies, allergies, allergies. Um, while we were doing our Thursday show, Florida was having a spring game, okay? Now that is a brilliant tactical marketing play. That is called a standalone spot. It's been done before. And what you do, if you've got something you want to showcase, is you put it in a standalone spot. Therefore, there's nothing else to divide people's attention. If they're watching football, they're watching you. That's the good news. The bad news is, if you look terrible, everyone sees you look terrible. So, like I said, you got to be tactful about it. Florida's offense looked terrible the other night, and everyone saw it. So, I was watching it Friday. And I made a comment on it publicly on Twitter. I did the classic McConaughey cigarette looking down and uh, some of my Florida brethren took issue with it. They said I was trolling them. I'm not trolling you. I saw the same thing you did. None of you were happy with what you saw. None of you think you're good enough at quarterback right now. I don't think you are. I just said it publicly like you guys have been saying it on the boards and, and saying it in my DMs just kind of is what it, it doesn't mean it's a finished product. That means exactly what I said it meant. The spring game was tough to watch. That's it. That's the long and short. I'm not going to be all negative here. I've got some positives, but I will tell you this. There's been a lot of debate amongst Florida folks about whether 
Billy Napier will go after a quarterback in the portal or whether they're just going to ride out Graham Mertz and I've got to say Jack Miller because this quarterback is not decided, which surprises me. Frankly, oh, there it is again. Well, we'll go with it. Frankly, I thought we would have a quarterback announced or, or at the very least, it would be widely understood who the QB1 was. And I thought it was going to be Graham Mertz. We're not there yet. He hasn't separated. Oh, that's a problem. It could be rectified. It is spring, but that's a problem. I was, I was thinking about this today, and I was trying to find the best way to sum it up in talking about whether Napier will go after a quarterback in the portal, and that's if there are any worth taking. And I think he should. Now, whether you can sell someone and come in there is another issue, but I, I think he could. And the reason is, guys, think about the teams we're talking about. Georgia, uh, we've talked about Ohio State, Texas. Bama's got their spring game next week. Uh, USC had their spring game yesterday. I'm going to throw UCLA in here. Uh, Tennessee had their spring game yesterday. Ole Miss, Oklahoma, all these teams have a quarterback situation where the backup would be preferable over either one of them. Florida's trotting out there right now. That's a lot of teams where a QB2 is better than your QB1. So that's the status of the Florida quarterback room right now. I'm not going to sell on Florida 2023 because I know what the reality is. I know they have the Jaden Rashada thing. Rashada would probably already be penciled in as their starter right now. That was the plan. It fell through. I get it. They had a lot of late movement on the coaching front. They had a lot of coaches leave for the NFL. They've still got guys probably settling into their offices. I get it. That's why I'm telling you, take what I'm saying for what it is. It is a commentary on the spring. Defense looked really good. Austin Armstrong is one of those new coaches. Defense looked really good. We've got the age-old conundrum of, it was, was our defense good or was our offense bad? As is usually the case, probably a healthy mixture of both. I'll tell you what, again, we are seeing, and that is a bunch of transfers contributing immediately. Uh, Kayla Banks is the Louisville transfer on the field. Uh, Manny Nunnery from Houston all over the field. Jackson from Memphis, Deuce Spurlock from Michigan, all those guys are, are going to be immediate contributors for them. So I, I am very uninspired by what they are, I guess, offensively. I know we don't see everything in spring. I get all that. I get it. I get it. You don't have to tell me that. I get it. I don't feel great about it, but I'm not ready to sell on it yet either. The late transition with the coaching staff, uh, the, the entire NIL drama. Speaking of NIL, uh, I know some of you watched this the other night. Did you notice the, the shift in the feel around NIL in Florida? So the Gator Collective is the, is the old NIL go-to. Florida Victorious is the new one. They kind of sponsored the spring game. They had signage all over the place. They had commercials. Uh, Billy Napier made special, special mention of them publicly. So that's a good thing. Don't overlook that. That's a really good thing. Because that's all that folks have talked about with Florida over what casuals would call the offseason. And that is, ooh, NIL's a mess down there. No, NIL's a learning experience down there. It's a process, just like it is everywhere else. Not everyone was going to have it figured out immediately. So I've got, a, I've got a mixed bag of emotions about Florida right now. And they got a few months to figure it out before they go to Utah for a week one game in Salt Lake City. Where should we go? I think... I think we should go to the Big Ten. Penn State had their spring game yesterday. We were up there last week. You saw what we saw, only we saw it behind closed doors. You saw it publicly, and that was defense dominating and offense struggling. Manny Diaz had a very good day. Defensive coordinator up there. First team defense pitched a shutout. Uh, they had rain early. It cleared out, so they were good to go for the game. Second team defense had Drew Aller. And that first-team offense under pressure. That is, that is not the best headline that you could take away from this, or it's not, it's not the most preferred headline, I guess we should say. But it's, I'm, I'll tell you this now because it's, it's borne itself out publicly. We were at practice last week. After they swept the media out of there, James Franklin let us hang around. That's exactly what we saw. We saw 2D against 1-0, and we saw 2D give 1-0 some trouble. And that was with Olufashando on the field. They didn't have the starting left tackle there. 
uh, for the spring game yesterday. So what do you make of that? Well, I will obviously say, as I do with every spring game, they didn't really show their full offense. But what I think this team's ultimately going to be this year is an extremely strong run game, an extremely salty and versatile defense that can really get after the quarterback as well as stop the run. And therefore, we have a formula that is going to give a, a highly talented green quarterback time to develop. Translation, they're not going to need to score 42 to win and look at their quarterback as the means to get it done. That's probably not the identity of this team this year. Uh, the other question that I had when I was up there last week, and it was always met with a, we'll see, was wide receiver. How's wide receiver going to shake out? Is wide receiver a finished product? And the short answer is no, because they've got the kid from Kent State, Cephas, still coming in. He'll be there in the summer. But Omari Evans, three-star sophomore, he had five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Keandre Lambert-Smith, uh, Wallace, those, those are probably the one, too. Harrison Wallace, I should use more than just his last name. Harrison Wallace the third actually. Behind those guys, who's stepping up? Cephas is, is probably going to heavily factor into that rotation. Uh, maybe it's Omari Evans. Maybe they even go get another name out of the portal. I heard James Franklin afterwards yesterday saying, defensive tackle, wide receiver, and any other impact player that, that maybe we don't even see coming. But those are the two positions that we want to go after. It's, it's interesting. You know, we, we got to see um, some things that the public doesn't get to see last week. And it was just like watching the spring game, just with more people and, and worse weather. So it, it wasn't exactly a shock to the senses for me as much as it was some of my Penn State friends. I think they're going to be okay. And I think that probably the, the Drew Aller trajectory as the season goes on come fall, will be just that. It'll be kind of like the, you know, the little yodeler climbing the mountain. It's a blessing to have the ability to play complementary football and not have to rely on your quarterback to do everything. Now, having said that, we got to be better on the offensive line than we showed yesterday. And by we, I am just speaking for Jesse right now. We have to be better. The uh, Penn State schedule, by the way, they open against West Virginia, then they got Delaware, then they open conference play at Illinois, then Iowa, then Northwestern, then a bye week. Obviously, they'll be favored in every one of those games. There is not a huge roadblock there, but there are dangerous games if you don't have your affairs in order. They're watching us in Westwood, California. They're every time we talk about Westwood, I feel the need to go kind of Casey Kasem. And since I have allergies right now, you can really get deep with the voice. Casey Kasem, a very unique voice. Look him up, children. Uh, Chesney, South Carolina is in the house, as is Cedar Park, Texas. Thank you so much. And since I just mentioned the Lone Star State, and we've already talked about the Longhorns tonight, why don't we talk about Texas A&M? The Aggies had a spring game yesterday. Let me tell you what they did. They just decided to play on a 65-yard field because they had construction going on. Why? Because it's spring. Why not? Uh, they, they had far more to like in this one than the one last year. You remember the spring game last year? 98% of you say, no, not really. Well, it was very windy, very windy. And Jimbo just threw the ball anyway, because it doesn't matter. And I took that to mean, oh man, they're going to air it out this fall. And then the offense just was what it always had been. So anyway, yesterday, uh, there was positives and negatives, but just my feel for the team is I feel a little bit better than I did this time last year. They had 77 pass plays between Wegman and Max Johnson. Ton of starters missing, so we're not going to draw definitives off of this game. But they lost A-Chain at running back, and yet in the aggregate, they're going to more than make up for it. Ruben Owens is there, Le'Veon Moss, uh, Maury Daniels. They're going to be, I think, plenty good enough. In the tailback room, plenty versatile enough. Evan Stewart at wide receiver, seven catches, 97 yards. So anyone doubting him, don't. He's the real deal. Not surprisingly, we didn't see much offensively. And I was reading some of our, our buddies over on TechSags. I think Nolan had written how some of the players had been talking in interviews leading up to the spring game about how much motion and deception they were seeing in practice and they were working on in practice. Motion, 
deception, deception, motion, possible immunity. And then we saw none of it yesterday. And that's that's spring game 101 for you. So whatever they're going to be, I don't think you'll watch in weeks one, two, and three and then say, saw it coming in the spring game. No, you, you saw some folks having a good time on a 65-yard field. That's what you saw in the spring game. But what we do have is a quarterback competition. Again, not a bad thing, but we got one again. Uh, Connor Wegman was 17 for 40 yesterday. Max Johnson was 21 of 37. My pen has come apart in my hands. Oh, I like this pen too, man. Oh, there we go. Um, got a quarterback competition here. Uh, this is kind of the same thing I said last year about these guys. It's not one where I think Jimbo's just trying to sell you on it so he can keep both guys. No, I really think it's, it's a dead heat out there. When you look around, doesn't take an NFL scout to turn on tape or turn on a YouTube condensed game of, of Texas A&M spring game and say, oh, they got really good players, don't they? And with some of them missing, I, I will say, I think they should be a, a notch more dynamic on the defensive front than they are and they were last year. That's not to say they were bad, but knowing who they've recruited, knowing who they have in that stable should be elite. So let's, let's keep an eye on them. I think, I think they'll be active in the portal or they will attempt to be. But this is, I said this about Texas last year. I'll say it about A&M this year. Probably the most interesting team in the country because they were sub 500, missed out on a bowl game last year, yet they've got double digit win talent on the roster. They have got SEC West contending talent on the roster. If they underachieve with it, they underachieve with it. That's what makes them interesting. Every other team that missed out on a bowl game last year, you don't look at and say that about. It sure is an indictment. Yes, I hear what you're saying. It's an absolute indictment on last year, but it also makes you wonder, ooh, if they, if they, just, if they just do average this year, what would they be? And the answer is probably an eight or nine win team because that's how good they are talent-wise. So there's the goal. Be average at least. I was just giving you time there, Colin. You're welcome, buddy. So South Carolina, spring game, spring game. It was a, how should I describe the day for Spencer Rattler? I would say this was a, was what it was spring game for Spencer Rattler. Does that make any sense? I hope it makes sense. The general expectation from me for the quarterback there, Spencer Rattler is, I think he's going to have a really good year. I think there is a lot of, of validity behind him being in this offense year one, not a first-year starter, but being in that offense, a lot more complex year one versus being in it this year. He, he's talked about that publicly. I think there's a lot of validity in that. And so he, it, it was a, just a, a run-of-the-mill spring game for him. Some things to like, some things not to like, just typical spring game. Jalen Nichols. This was concerning for me. He's their starting left tackle. And he went down with a, a lower body injury, did not return. He was seen on crutches. We don't have an update on him. And so that's probably going to be a Monday thing. Uh, that's, that's serious. So let's keep an eye on that because the severity is unknown and they gave up 10 sacks, I think without him. I'm not sure when he went down. But Shane Beamer afterwards talked about the tight end position. And it is massively upgraded from this time last year. A name to keep an eye on, for example, they went and got Trey Knox from Arkansas, and he, he's going to be an immediate difference maker. Remember, they're replacing four of their top five pass catchers. So you can, you can either just try and mine the portal for wide receiver talent, or you can remember, hey, we can throw the ball to tight end too. Don't they do that in Athens? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's try that on our own. And I think they will this year, a lot more. So I'm watching the game. And I'm thinking, all right, Spencer Rattler, let's see what you got. And then all of a sudden, Lenora Sellers just pops on my screen. Whomst, you might ask? Just a four-star quarterback from Checks Notes, Florence, South Carolina. I am pretty sure I know who's starting a quarterback this year for him. But I think I may know who's starting a quarterback next year for him, too. Because Lenora Sellers, I think about him, like I was talking about some Ohio State wide receivers, just has that it factor when you watch him. 
he, it didn't count, but he probably had one of the most impressive plays of the game yesterday. Lenoris Sellers. I want you to just keep an eye on that name. He has the benefit of not needing to start this year. Let's keep an eye on him. South Carolina is going to be a volatile summer team. We have one or two of these every year. They, they are a volatile preview season team. And that is the kind of team that's just dangerous enough to where when that crowd that, that recognizes the offseason comes back to the table and they haven't been paying attention to anything, but they need a sleeper, this is the team they go to. Why? Because South Carolina's overachieved two years in a row. No one's going to be picking them to do anything of postseason note. So they want to sound smarter than the room. So they pick South Carolina. Be careful. Be careful. I'm not saying you may be wrong. I'm just saying be careful. Do your due diligence. So if you haven't watched these spring games, they're all on YouTube. Go check them out. <coughs> it's a miracle. And when I say miracle, I mean capital M miracle that we made it through this show. Because we had some internal wagers and I wasn't supposed to make it. We weren't even supposed to be here. There are two things I suffer from at a disproportionately high pain rate relative to the normal population. Muscle cramps, when I get them, they are a 10 on the 1 to 10 scale. And allergies, horrific. I would, I would wish it on my worst enemy, but I'd feel sorry for him as he was going through it. The, the, the New Testament talks about Paul's thorn in the flesh, right? And I remember when I was a little kid, we would always try and guess. I wonder what his thorn in the flesh was. Did, did, he, did he have a, a deformed arm? Did he have a, a speaking impediment? I think he may have just had allergies. Because this is tough to deal with. It is really tough to deal with. But we made it. And uh, it was because of you that we were able to do it. And director, Colin, and producer, Jesse. So for them, I'm Josh Pate. we got another live show coming up Tuesday. Until then, take care and God bless. to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.